they have been very responsive, you know, very involved in the community and um, really listen to feedback and look for feedback. And I think that's the, you know, that's when you can tell you have you know, true leadership and, and people that really care is that they're, they're coming out, you know, they're spending time in the community. Welcome to Center Maryland's The Lobby Pod. Uh, we're getting outside the insider's game of the lobby uh, in Annapolis or Rockville. And we're blessed today to be talking to really to, to one of Montgomery County's most active public servants. Uh, we're talking today with Omar Lazo. He is the owner of Los Churros, a well-known restaurant in Montgomery County. But even more than that, has been so involved in the community development of Wheaton, um, on the board of Montgomery College, uh, and is doing so much in his community uh, we wanted to to touch base with him. We call Montgomery County the big county, and we're most excited about Omar being here today because, uh, like me, he is a uh, son of the Zaverian brothers. He went to Good Council High School in, in the Washington area. I went to Mount St. Joe in Baltimore. So we're connected uh, through those uh, Zaverian Catholic brothers. Welcome to the podcast, Omar. Thank you, Damien. It's a pleasure to be here this morning with you. And, uh, you know, we definitely, I think I played football against y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, if many, you played many, against me, you won. Many, many years ago. It might be the other way around. <laughs> we weren't we weren't that great at back then, but, uh, you know, I, from what I see, they're, they're doing pretty good now. And, you know, basketball was their thing, and I wasn't on the basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Hey, look, yeah, the, our, our listeners can't see this, but you have a beautiful backdrop of Wheaton, Maryland. And, you know, I think people know Rockville, people know Silver Spring, but our listeners would love to hear about what's going on at Wheaton. There's a lot going on at Wheaton. You know, we, I've been here, you know, we, we opened our restaurant, my family opened a restaurant 35 years ago. So we're actually celebrating this month, 35 years uh, in Wheaton. Um, and I've been involved for almost uh, 20 years. And honestly, this is where I call home, uh, no matter where I'm at, you know, um, I love living here and there's such a diverse, you know, so much diversity here. Um, you know, if you love, if you're a foodie, there's food from almost any country you can think of uh, here in Wheaton. But, you know, we, we got we got a lot going on. We had a redevelopment that uh, bought in a new plaza. So we're looking to activate and that's part of the work that we're still doing. Um, I had a board meeting last night uh, as president of the Wheaton Arts Parade. Um, we have one of the largest arts parades in the region that goes on every year, normally in um, September or October. Um, so we're, we're you know, planning and we had our meeting last night and trying to to grow it. We closed down Georgia Avenue, which is a state road. So it's a huge deal, you know. Um, so that's one of the, the the big things that we're doing. But economically, there's a lot of support that's still needed, um, you know, for small businesses that are coming out of COVID. You got some powerful state senators that seem to all claim Wheaton as uh, as their own. Talk to me about some of the uh, political leadership you're fortunate with in the Wheaton area. Now we're blessed. We got some some very great leaders. Um, you know, we have Senator Wall Strikers, our senator here in Wheaton. Um, I actually live in District 19, which is you know it's right on the border, um, but most of my work has been here in Wheaton. So we have uh, you know Delegate Jared Solomon. Um, we have uh, Delegate Emily Shetty and we have Delegate uh, Aaron Kaufman, um, you know, and, you know, so Kauf uh, Aaron Kaufman took over Al Carr's position. Right. You know, he was um, appointed to, to that position. So it's 
you know, developing those, you know, continue to develop those relationships. And um, they have been very responsive, you know, very involved in the community and um, really listen to feedback and look for feedback. And I think that's the, you know, that's when you can tell you have, you know, true leadership and and people that really care is that they're they're coming out, you know, they're spending time in the community. Um, and that's what, you know, kind of what I've done all my life. When these elected officials come into Los Charas, uh what can you share with them that gives them a sense of, of what small business owners, what restaurateurs are facing in this post-COVID economy? Uh, I'm sure you share a bunch of ideas about Wheaton or your or your three kids in public schools, but I, I'd love to hear what you talk to them about in your role as a small business leader, small business owner, uh, because sometimes uh, elected officials can be trapped in a kind of an Annapolis bubble or a Rockville bubble and getting out into the community as they do gives them a real opportunity to check in on reality. I'd love to hear what that conversation sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I think the the, the main thing is that, you know, they, they, well, most of them are customers of mine. So they actually still come in and, 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 you know, I'll sit down with them when they come in and, you know, have some lunch or have some dinner. Um, but I think, you know, the main thing is we, we still haven't recovered from COVID, you know, especially the restaurant industry. Um, we're still having a really tough time. You know, many of the restaurateurs, you know, I was president of the Latino Montgomery County Latino Restaurant Association as well. And uh, many of the restaurateurs, uh, their revenues are down, you know, and when you add the fact that the price of the cost of goods have skyrocketed and haven't come down, um, it just makes it that much worse. You know, not only is your revenue down, but your costs are up. So you're, you know, a lot of people are upside down. You know, especially coming into the winter, which is usually the the slow month. You know, the flow, the January and February are usually the slowest months for most restaurants um, in this area because of the cold. Um, so right now we're just kind of in survival mode, you know, um, and trying to do what we can to reduce costs and um, to do what we can to 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 move forward. Yeah, we hear so many great metrics about the economy. Uh, and then we also hear a lot of critiques uh, that are sort of negative about the economy. And it just sounds to me like the experience you all are dealing with down there as Montgomery County restaurant tours gives a real sense of what's going on, not just for small business owners, but for American families when it comes to the prices. Yeah, I mean, I think what what's happening is the 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 increase in you know they had the increase in salary hasn't kept up with the increase in cost as well, and you have a lot of people that are starting to come back, cut back. You know, I own a hair salon in Washington D.C. as well with my my mother in law who's a hairstylist, and um, we've noticed you know a lot of customers they used to come in you know two times a month or three times a month now they're coming in once a month. You know, people start cutting back. Same thing with the restaurant industry. You know, people used to go out you know once a week or twice a week to a restaurant. Maybe they're cutting back to, you know, once a month, you know, once a week. Um, so that's something that that we're we're seeing. Um, and even if you're like I said, even if your revenues are up or even if your revenues are even to last year with the fact that the cost of goods have not gone down you know, and some of them have gone up, um, that does not help, you know, at all. You know, so I, I've seen statistics that say, hey, revenues are up for the restaurant industry. I'm like, yeah, but you have to analyze the fact that the cost of goods have not have gone up significantly more. That's you know? right. So it's it's you know, to me, it's um, it's something that is a disservice. You know, when you put out statistics like that, um, where you say hey, the revenues are up, 
um, they're not up for everybody. And for those that the revenue doesn't, you know, it's, it's not a clear picture of what the financial, you know, health of the business is, you know, what it actually is, is because most of the times, you know, some place, some a lot, a lot of places still like in the red or, you know, the profit margins are zero. You know, they're just trying to survive. There's some policy conversations uh, that I need a little help with. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a recovering dishwasher and busboy as a 14 year old uh, teenager in, in Ellicott City, Maryland, in Catonsville, Maryland. Uh, talk to me about what this tip wage credit policy batter is. Could you give us a little brief on that? Yeah, so we had a bill. Talk to that, me like you're talking to me, my 14 year old self, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's you know, I, I think you know, like yourself, like myself, um, I worked, you know, when I was 12 years old is really when I started working here at the restaurant. I started, you know, dishes, eventually bussing tables, um, and I earned tips. You know, I was paid as a busboy for tips, um, and as a waiter, eventually, I you know, I worked for tips, and so I I know what it is to be a waiter. Um, and, you know, there was a they were trying to eliminate there was a bill that was proposed to eliminate the tip wage credit. Um, and, you know, this is something that's been passed in D.C. You know, D.C. is not Montgomery County. You know, we're adjacent, but it's a totally different, you know, feel. There's a lot more corporate high, like bigger corporate uh, companies that are opening restaurants down there. It's just it's a different. It's less know, neighborhoody, more corporate. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's less of the mom and pop, you know, which is right. what a lot of Montgomery County, um, like my parents, you know, it's generational wealth they were able to build, you know, as immigrants. My parents came to this country in the early 70s without a dollar in their pocket, you know, and they lived the American dream and, you know, created this restaurant in 89 when they saw the demand, um, you know, for that. But through that, you know, they were able to to, you know, work as a waitress. My, my mom worked as a waitress, you know, all growing up. Um, that's how she learned the restaurant industry. Um, I worked as a bartender. I worked as a waiter. I worked as a busboy. Uh, the thing is, you know, most of our money is made from tips. Uh, tips are what gives us an incentive to to treat the customer better as well. You know, it's an incentive to pad the check, you know, to offer an appetizer, to offer a dessert, because we know that the higher the check, um, the better our tip. Um, so I, I understand the arguments, you know, you know, the argument was um, for this tip wage bill is that they want to raise the minimum wage from four dollars or three dollars and sixty three cents to, um, I think, 15 or 16 dollars uh, minimum. So you have to pay a waiter uh, that wage regardless of their tips, you know, and in my experience and most most folks, um, they're not making you know minimum wage. They're not making 15 dollars. And the, and the current law says that the business is responsible for making sure that they make the minimum wage. So if a waiter comes here and sits all day, you know, works for an hour and doesn't get any tips or any tables, then the business has to make up the other $11. You know, they have to pay it. So there's already protections, um, you know, for the servers. Um, but the thing is, you know, what we're seeing in D.C. is a lot of restaurants are starting to leave um, D.C. because they, they feel like it's the climate there is just very anti-restaurant. Anti um and it's not profitable for them uh, to be down there. Um, so for me, I think, you know, eliminating the tip wage credit um, would be disastrous, you know, and mostly for the minority, small minority owned businesses. And that's, you know, 60% of, you know, new businesses that are being created here in Montgomery County are minority owned, you know. So I think 
as we've seen in DC, you know, it's not something that's going to help the server, you know, and that's why in Montgomery County, when they came to testify, you know, when that, for that bill, it was just a bunch of servers, a bunch of bartenders, busboys, a bunch of folks that are being affected by this law that came to testify against this bill because they know they know from the example that they have in DC is that it affects the you know the pockets of those people that supposedly they're trying to help. So I want to talk about two gems, one that is hidden and and one that uh probably doesn't give the credit that it deserves, but you're right there in the Wheaton community. Um, you were appointed on the board of Montgomery College, which is, as I said, a, a, a bit of a hidden jewel in the state of Maryland. I'd love to hear your thoughts on on the college, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts on the status of the public school system in Montgomery County. So the college, I mean, if you get me started in the college, we might be here for a while um, <laughs> because the college is is very impressive. I'm, I'm on the board of trustees there. Um, you know, I was appointed, um, it was a government governor appoint, appointment. Um, so that was an honor um, to have an appointment from the state level. And um, Montgomery College is doing amazing things, you know, and it wasn't until I really started getting more involved uh, at Montgomery College that I realized how many people have been touched by the college in the sense that there's so many people that have gone through the college and are very successful folks, you know, from a friend who is now a, um, you know, Yamil Hernandez, who's now a Gaithersburg uh, city council member. Um, he went through Montgomery College and it, at Montgomery College, he was introduced to life sciences. You know, now he he runs, he owns like a large biotech company, um, you know, and it's something where it all came about from him just taking some classes, I think some business classes or something at Montgomery College. And he heard about this life sciences thing, you know, which we're pushing. But um, Montgomery College right now, we're also, um, you know, one of the exciting things, you know, for your listeners, we're expanding into uh, east, east, the east side of the county now. So we're opening, you know, a education center, which we hopefully, you know, hopefully it's just a start to an east campus, you know, eventually, you know, that's the end, end goal. So but, east uh, means uh, like what I would call down county or like uh, uh, Silver Spring, Wheaton, Bethesda, what what? Where would this be? Now, East Ca- East County is considered like White Oak, Burtons- oh, okay, Little, Burtonsville, right, like the Northeast. Um, I, I'm only saying that because there's a lot of us, uh, uh, like Baltimoreans and such, that we think of Montgomery College. We think of that as distant, of uh, you know. But if you put it in the context of where you're talking about it, it's a little more accessible for other people in the state. Yeah, and, and that's really what we're trying to do. I mean, there's been such a push for economic development in East, you know, in um, in East County. You know, I think a lot of folks feel like White Oak, that White Oak area, Burtonsville, um, it's just kind of been left behind or ignored. And that's that's honestly how I've always felt about Wheaton. You know, I think Wheaton, you know, everybody talks about Bethesda, Rockville, Gaithersburg, but Wheaton is that one place that just, you know, gets overlooked and it's gotten the short end of the stick. So we're, we're doing the same thing in, in East, you know, East County now. Um, and the idea behind it is accessibility. You know, we have in North, you know, up County, we have um, the Germantown campus um, in West County. We have Rockville, you know, in, in down County, we have Silver Spring, uh, Tacoma Park, you know, uh, campus. And then now, you know, we're going to have this education center. I think it's 55,000 square feet. Um, you know, wow. we're, we're leasing some space right now, um, putting, you know, and, and you know, we have a new um, 
we have a new president that I, you know, I was involved in electing, you know, choosing the uh, the new president for the college um, after 10 years of having the same president. So that was an exciting, um, you know, process. Um, so we we hired Dr. Williams, Dr. Jermaine Williams, and uh, he's been doing an amazing job. Um, and um, so we're just excited about, you know, going forward. But um, part of it is there at the community college level, you know, enrollment has been down, you know, I mean, over the last 10 years nationwide, you know, and we're starting to turn that around, you know, and part of it a lot has to do with workforce development. You know, I'm also chair of the workforce development board for Montgomery County as well. So there's a tie in between Montgomery College and their workforce development efforts and, um, you know, and and the county as well. But that East Campus, it, it's going to be geared more, um, not just, but there's going to be a lot of workforce development that's going to be going on to, to make sure that people are getting uh, jobs that, you know, uh, that pay well. When we had Senator Waldstricker on the podcast, we had, I think we had a good big conversation on pedestrian safety in a very populous County like Montgomery, you know, that is more of an issue than, than you may hear in other jurisdictions across the state. Can you talk a little bit about that dynamic and your leadership in it? So, so the, you know, Wheaton is, is my, you know, my home, this is where I've worked the most, you know, one of the, one of the, biggest um, issues that we have in Wheaton is, you know, walkability. It's we're unfortunately or fortunately, um, we're intersected by three major state roads. You know, we have Georgia Avenue, we have University Boulevard, and we have um, Beersmo Road. And the problem with those is these are six lane, you know, roads, you know, Georgia Avenue and Beers Mill and, you know, University Boulevard. So they feel like you've got highways just running through the center of you know, our town center. You know, so it, it it's that's been the biggest struggle, I think, you know, in my advocacy as well. Um, I think they're I think things are moving forward or getting better. But um, the biggest obstacle was that, you know, if I on the Montgomery County side, I can advocate and quickly have changes made. I mean, I've had crosswalks installed. I've had, you know, lights. I have you know advocated for many things here in Wheaton. But when you have to work with the state you know, to change something on Georgia Avenue, change something on University Boulevard. Yeah, welcome to state highways, road. right? <laughs> yes. Um, that's been the biggest, um, you know, detriment to that. Um, so walkability, that affects business as well. You know, that's why, you know, for me, it's an economic development issue where if you, if people don't feel safe walking around um, this area, then they're not going to come down here. They'll go to Bethesda where they can walk around safely. You know, where, you know, streets are closed off so people can walk down the street. Um, so it's it's very difficult, you know, so it's a challenge that we have. But there definitely has been progress. And I can I can say I can I can feel in the last five years, um, you know, and, and, and you know, credit to the delegation, you know, um, they really worked hard. I know I um, worked closely with uh, Delegate uh, Solomon uh, on a lot of these things. And I think. Um, and the community, you know, we're very, very civically engaged here. That's right. So, so the community has definitely stepped up. Um, many, many great advocates in the area. And um, so we have had changes made. Um, speed limit was reduced on Georgia Avenue uh, to 25. There was there was uh, parking spaces that were also put on Georgia Avenue so that it doesn't feel like you're going down 495 when you're coming down Georgia Avenue. You have a six load. Um, so when you have cars parked on the side, you know, statistically, it's, it's been proven that people slow down more 
when there's cars, you know, adjacent to you. So, and obviously not everybody's going to be happy. There's a lot of people that are like, you know, now it's, they're going to have more traffic because there's only two lanes during rush hour or whatever, uh, or, or the opposite, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, to me, if less people are dying on our road, um, it's, it's, you know, your inconvenience, you know, it, it gets trumped by that. I mean, let me ask you this question. So everybody, we've now understood, now we understand sort of the depth of your service to your neighbors, your neighborhood, your community. How do you balance all of that as a dad, as a business owner? I've, I appreciate there's some, you know, intersectionality with all of those things, but that's a lot to balance. How do you decide what to take on and and, and what to offer to other people in your community in, in service? Uh, I'd, I'd just like to hear how you, balance the load you know what um and that's a question i get a lot when people people you know look at my bio and they kind of see you know everything that i'm on um it's hard to say no but sometimes you have to um so there is a balance there um fortunately i have a very supportive family you know um you know you know my my in-laws live with me so with the kids it helps a lot you know because we i have three kids you know 14 12 and eight-year-old um, so they're all in different schools, you know, one's in elementary, middle and high school oh, wow. it creates a challenge in, in and of itself. You're like a one man focus group for the superintendent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trust me. They, they get a lot of feedback from me. Um, <laughs> and you know, like yesterday they had a snow day and I'm sitting here taking both my daughters, one to pick up one of their friends, one, the other one to pick up the other friend and then taking one to the movies and dropping the other ones out the, the hill so they can go sledding. And, um, you know, and then I have a board meeting for the Weed and Arts Parade, you know, in the right, evening. Right. Um, so I think, you know, I went to the University of Maryland. Um, we did a lot. And I was a business. I'm a business major. And we did a lot of time management um, training mm. and, and classes. I remember wow. back then it was a scheduler, right? You would open right, the right. calendar and that's how you. So we did a lot of that, which thinking back, I just really didn't, you know, appreciate it as much as I do now. But also, I think running a restaurant, you have to be juggling a whole lot of things at one time. So I think that's also prepared me, um, you know, so just just handling, you know, stress on the go. You know, it, it's something that, you know, over time, um, it's just a skill that you pick up. But, you know, what I've learned as well is I you need to really balance things out and figure out what your priorities are. You know, so I've, you know, I leave some boards um, and and one of the things that I that I really enjoy doing is, you know, if I see a board that I know I can make an impact in and maybe the diversity is not there and that could be diversity of, you know, race, it could be diversity of, you know, not enough business um, that's right. input that's there, um, not enough socioeconomic, you know, people that under, don't understand how renters, you know, the the challenges for people that rent. You know, I'll get on that board and eventually bring other people on board. Um, and once I know that the representation is there, then I can I feel I feel comfortable heading out. But I've left a seed there, you know, and to me, um, that's the most important thing is just having people that represent, um, you know, the community. And, and honestly, that's how I started with this whole thing is I got invited to the it was a Wheaton Redevelopment Advisory Committee back in, I don't know, 2007 or something. And, you know, I already been an advocate for the community, but I, I go to this meeting and they're like, well, we represent Wheaton. And 
if you know Wheaton, it's super diverse. Um, so there was, and there was a large Latino community, large Asian community, and it didn't look like the community that I knew, the people that were on the board, not that they were not great, you know, nice people or great people, but the representation wasn't there. And I left that meeting and I talked to the person that had invited me from the county. And I said, how do I get on this board? Because some of the things that were being told or said did not, were not the reality that I was facing on the ground, you know? Right, right. And, the bubble. Um, so that's exactly how I got started with all of this. You know, that ended up leading to the Chamber of Commerce and, um, you know, eventually the Wheaton Urban District Advisory Committee, you know, which helped advise on the redevelopment, on building of the library, on just so many things that have impacted, you know, the community over the years. Well, you all in Montgomery County have been uh, have been great sharers of your best talent. So up in Baltimore, we are blessed with uh, Comptroller and former delegate Brooke Learman, who's from from yes. your county. And we're blessed with uh, Senate President Bill Ferguson, Martin O'Malley, Kevin Plank, you know, so <laughs> many names that have come to uh, Baltimore from your county. I'd love to introduce you to some of uh, to some of Baltimore's best. We've we've got a couple good council graduates that we get to work with every day. One is a big lawyer at Venable, the one of the country's best law firms. Uh, his name's Chuck Morton. He's a great guy. And then Candace Dotson Reed. You you might remember her podcast Elevate Maryland with Tom Cole. She's a top official at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, UMBC. Uh, I'd love I'd love to come to the restaurant with those two and, and maybe get a little tour of all the great progress you've had in uh, Wheaton. No, it would be great. I mean, I definitely would look forward to that. It's always good, and you know, sharing information and you know, you never know, you know, what idea will pop up, you know, with these these big thinkers. Yeah, and if we could connect, you know, keep Baltimore and Montgomery County connected, it makes for uh, it makes for a greater state. Omar, thank you so much for joining us on the Lobby Podcast. No, thank you for the invitation, and it's a pleasure. It was a pleasure, uh, you know, being on the podcast with you this morning.